And one of one of the operators at the desk kind of waved over another guy who I later found out was a guard and he kind of stood by me, told me to get up and kind of walked me down this hallway to this corridor of holding cells. And he like brought me to one of them and pointed in there and there was a small little steel toilet in the corner and he said, just go pee in there. And I was like, uh, you want me to pee in here? And he's like, yeah, this is jail, man. Alex Williams here to welcome you back to Broken Bulbs, the show for entrepreneurs, creators, and builders who need to keep it real. Today, I'm joined by Mark Stovall once again. He previously featured on episodes 144, 229, and 295. Mark is a CPA, and for the last 10 years, he has worked with some of the largest companies in the world, both as an employee and a consultant. In that time period, he has launched five companies, three have failed, and he sat on boards for not-for-profit organizations in Alberta and Ontario. But he also got arrested during his lunch break. That's coming up after the break. Real quick, before we get into today's show, I wanted to say thank you for all the ways you offer support, whether it's sharing the show with a friend or family member who you think will get something out of it, leaving us a review, or supporting me directly on Patreon. Now, when you support me directly on Patreon, you can do so for as little as $3 a month. You'll receive a postcard from me and a bunch of bonus content, not just for Broken Bulbs, but for the other podcasts I work on as well. That's patreon.com slash Williams, or just click the first link in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Mark Stovall, ready to talk about another one of your Broken Bulbs? Absolutely. Awesome. So this is your fourth time on the show. If people want to listen, they can go back to episodes 144, 229, and 295 to hear kind of more business lesson-y focused things. This is more of just a fun story. So you got arrested when you went for lunch. Tell, tell us about this. What happened? Right. So at the time, I was an intern at a big oil and gas company in downtown Calgary. And, you know, pretending that I was more important than I was, I would wear, you know, a shirt and tie to work every day. And one morning I got a call while I was at work from my mom. I was still living at home at the time. And she said, hey, uh, did you take your car to work today? And while working downtown, I didn't drive my car in because parking was expensive. So I said, no, I, I took the train this morning. She said, well, your car's gone and there's glass all over the road where your car usually is. She's like, I think your car was stolen. I was like, oh, dang. So I hung up with her and I called the non-emergency police service line. I said, hey, you know, uh, my car has been stolen. This is the address. This is the make and model of the car. Here's my license plate number. And the dispatcher was like, great, just a second. I'm going to put you on hold. Like two minutes later, she came back on. She's like, yeah, uh, Mark, uh, we have your car in like the stolen vehicle section of, you know, whatever they do. But we also noticed that there's a warrant for your arrest. And I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, uh, you better come and figure this out or we'll probably arrest you the next time that we see you. And we won't look for your car until you're arrested. And I was like, oh, shoot. And this is all happening at like 1130 in the morning while I'm sitting at my desk in this big office tower downtown Calgary. So I hang up the phone and I kind of jump up and I know I was like wide eyed and quite freaked out about this whole situation. And I look to my supervisor, we're in cubicles. Um, and if you stood up, you can you know see over. And I'm like, hey, Dominic, I got to go 
I got to go to the police station. My car got stolen. I got to go figure stuff out. He's like, oh yeah, no problem. No problem. Take your time. I didn't tell him that I had, you know, was potentially going to be arrested or, or whatever. So I go to the police station. There's one downtown and I kind of go up to the service desk and I say, hey, you know, I was just informed that there's a warrant for my arrest and I'm here to kind of figure that out and, and pay for it. And then I even asked, do you take visa? And the person at the service desk was like, uh, just a second, you know, took my driver's license, um, pulled up all the information about me, I guess. And she asked me to kind of sit down and just wait. And I was like, okay. And then she said, okay, well, you have to go to the APU, which is the arrest processing unit. I said, great. Is it far? Can I walk there? She said, no, no, no. Well, we'll take you. I'm like, you'll take me. <laughs> and, you know, a couple minutes later, two officers walk in and they get information from the the service desk and they come over to me and they're like, okay, we're going to take you to the APU. I was kind of like, huh, okay. And one of them started asking me for my phone and my wallet. I was like, what? And the other officer was like, no, 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 we don't, we don't need to do that. And he's like, oh, okay. And so they walked me out the back of the police station and there's this big van, like this paddy wagon. And they opened up the back and told me to get in. And it was like this big metal box with these like big, you know, uh, seats on either side. And I'm like, I'm like, this is so surreal. And they're like, get, get in there. I'm like, oh, okay. And this was, you know, the time of flip phones, but I wanted to record myself so badly in there, but there was this big camera in the corner watching me the whole time. So I just kind of sat there and pretended to be innocent, still not fully aware of what was going on. So after like literally like a three minute drive, the APU is like two blocks from the police station. They pull into this like back parking lot and they take me upstairs and I go into this area and there's this like waiting area with this big desk and there's benches on either side and they put me on this bench and right beside me is this guy and he's handcuffed to this bench and I'm just sitting there shirt and tie like this young, you know, wide eyed kid not knowing exactly what's going on and the guy beside me, he's like, hey, are you a lawyer? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. And I was just, you know, kind of just sitting there and just kind of trying to figure out what was going on. No one was talking to me. I was there for three hours. They took, they, they, they took my fingerprints. They took my pictures. I watched this girl kind of across the way, basically get strip searched while I was there. And after that three hours, I, I like, I really had to go to the bathroom. So I like kind of put my hand up as if I was like in, in a grade two uh, kindergarten class and, and was like, Hey, can, can I go to the bathroom? And one of one of the operators at the desk kind of waved over another guy who I later found out was a guard. And he kind of stood by me, told me to get up and kind of walked me down this hallway to this corridor of holding cells. And he like brought me to one of them and pointed in there. And there was a small little steel toilet in the corner. And he said, just go pee in there. And I was like, uh, you want me to pee in here? And he's like, yeah, this is jail, man. <laughs> and like. I'm like, right, right. So I go in there and I pee and it, you know, echoes throughout this entire corridor as, as I, you know, splash on this uh, little metal steel toilet and then go back to the waiting area. And then I find out that there was a warrant for my arrest and it had been active for almost a year and a half. And that it came about when I was working landscaping one summer, I had gotten a ticket uh, for an unsecured load. So I was hauling stone for this landscaping project that wasn't secured properly. 
I remember getting the ticket. I remember giving it to my boss and he said, yeah, yeah, I'll pay for it. He never paid for it. And then it became a warrant like three or four months later. And I had this warrant on my, my record. And if I had been pulled over for speeding or for anything, this warrant would have popped up and they could have arrested me right on the spot. <laughs> Other interesting fact is that I had gone into the States like three or four times and I was actually in Hawaii six months before this whole escapade happened with me getting arrested. And if they had, and so the other thing is when I tried to get on the plane in Hawaii, I had a, a meat, a steak knife in my backpack and I actually got pulled out of line and got detained there for 45 minutes before getting onto the plane. And if they had done a search for me, a proper one, I guess they would have found that I had a warrant for my arrest in Canada. And that could have got, you know, really bad, really fast. However, Nothing bad happened in Hawaii. I got home, you know, a couple months later, I got arrested. Well, my car got stolen and I got arrested. But, you know, after they told me what my warrant was for, they gave me another court appearance. Two weeks later, I went back to work. But instead of going for an hour long lunch break, like I had told my boss I would, I showed up almost four hours later and he was like, where were you? And I said, well, let me tell you. And I kind of related the whole story and he couldn't stop laughing. And the woman on the other side of the wall in the cubicle couldn't stop laughing. And I knew, I knew at the end of the day, it was, it was okay. Cause I wasn't, I didn't have, you know, I wasn't a felon uh, by any means. This was just uh, a bylaw infraction. And then I went to court two two weeks later and pleaded guilty and had the $600 fee reduced to, you know, $300 and all is well now. <laughs> I just, think it's a good story i don't know if if there's a lesson we could pull out of there of like make sure you know you pay your dues keep keep up to date call the police station every now and then just to see you know is there a warrant for me i don't know i don't know if there's a lesson there but it certainly is a good good story of course at the end of the day i like to hear what's working for you now so why don't you tell us mark what is it that you're doing and where can we find you? Right. Um, so I am a, a CPA and I work with entrepreneurs in the education space and helping them get a grasp on their cash flow. Uh, you can find me at ProfitTuner.com or AccelerateCashflow.com. And I don't, I don't drive trucks with unsecured loads anymore. <laughs> That's the important part. And uh, yeah, with that, I just want to say thank you once again for joining me. No, thank you. And thank you for listening. No lesson here, just kind of a fun story. Maybe pay your debts? I don't know. Special thank you to Mark for joining me once again and being willing to talk about his broken bulbs. Be sure to check out his work, which I've linked down in the show notes. And make sure you check out episodes 144, 229, and 295, which also featured Mark. And if you want to offer support beyond leaving a review and sharing the show, please visit Patreon via the first link in the show note. As a thank you for your support, you'll get a postcard from me wherever I am to wherever you are. Broken Bulbs is produced by Mecco Radio, and we are, of course, a proud member of the Vine. I, Alex Williams, was your host. The podcast artwork is by Bethany Gustafson, and the music we use is by Brian Claxton and Wesley Thomas. Oh, and thanks again for listening. Mecco.